Welcome to the Practice Purchase Podcast, Season 6. I am your host, Brian Hanks. In this episode, I don't have any guests. It's just me. And the reason for that is I want to tackle some of the most common questions that I get as you're progressing towards closing, but you haven't yet closed. You don't yet own the business. You know you're going to buy the business. You know the price. You're working on things with the bank. You've got a signed LOI. Maybe you've hired a lawyer. There's this period of time where things are happening and people have lots of questions. And in this stage, we call it phase three of our engagement, uh, but pre-closing, as you're working on the closing checklist, you're getting ready to own a business, I tell folks, you need to have your eye on the ball. You need to be very focused on making sure that when you own that business, that when you do the work for patients, you get paid. Among the most important things to make sure as a business owner is to make sure that cash is coming into the business. So in this episode, I'm going to tackle one of the common questions around collections, and that is the issue of insurance credentialing. If you're not buying 100% fee for your, excuse me, fee for service practice, you might take some PPOs. Even if you do own a fee for service practice, <clears throat> the issue of insurance credentialing could come up as a potential for angst, for questions. And I'm going to tackle some of the most common questions around this. The first most common piece of advice I give clients is to start your insurance credentialing process soon. Sooner than later, some uh, insurance companies take between 90 and past 120 days in some cases to go through the entire process of credentialing. And so a lot of buyers do the math and they say, well, I've got a signed LOI. My closing date is X and it is sooner than 90 days or 120 days. What am I going to do? <clears throat> and that's, that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. So I've got some advice and I've got four points that I'm going to make and uh, beyond just starting early, one, uh, be, before I even get into my four points, I want to make sure that you understand this episode isn't about how to do the insurance credentialing. Okay. This is what if credentialing takes me out past the closing date, right? The process of applying for getting your NPI to working with the insurance uh, companies, getting credentialed, negotiating fees is complex. It uh, takes some time and it is pretty subtle. It depends on different state rules, different uh, carriers. And um, I've got a lot to say on that subject. This episode is just about the timing of the credentialing process. All right. So four points. The first point that I'm going to make is to normalize any nervousness that you have around this topic. Heartburn is common at this stage. Okay. A lot of people get nervous that they're about to drop <laughs> a lot of money on buying a dental practice and they recognize the loan that comes along with that. They're also looking at their student loan balances and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. How am I going to make sure I've got enough cash to not only survive myself, but pay my staff and make sure I can pay rent and this bank loan that I've got to do. And um, here's my most important piece of advice. Everybody gets through this stage. Okay. I haven't seen anyone file for bankruptcy yet because of insurance credentialing. It just doesn't happen. So point number one is that heartburn is common. You will get through this too, even if your closing date happens before you're fully credentialed and in network with a bunch of insurance companies. Okay. Point number two that I have for you is work directly with the seller when possible. The when possible is a caveat that acknowledges that some deals have very heavy-handed brokers involved. And um, it's possible that the broker is tightly controlling communication between you and the seller. 
That is the minority of deals. If you're dealing with that, give me a call, give me a shout. Happy to talk you through potential solutions there. But in most cases, you're working with and talking directly to the seller on a semi-regular basis. right? You've committed to them. You've hired lawyers. They know that you're approved with a bank loan. And so just explain the timing conundrum to the seller who probably hasn't credentialed in many, many years and doesn't remember how long it takes or frankly, and more likely, doesn't care how long it's going to take for you. All right. So explain the timing conundrum to the seller and, and how it's going to negatively impact you or maybe even more effectively how it might lead to some negative conversations with their longtime patients. Right. Spin this as, hey, I want to make sure that I secure you your legacy. I'd hate to have some really awkward conversations with some of your your top patients, some of your longtime loved patients. Can you help me think through some, some potential solutions to this timing issue around insurance credentialing? See if the seller has any ideas on how to mitigate things here. You know, maybe they're uh, willing to serve as an attending or a supervising doctor uh, and uh, be the doctor of record for a while. Uh, they might have, have some other suggestions that could help. By the way, this is not me telling you you should do that or giving you legal advice. I'll let you guys work that out. But, um, you know, just talk to the seller. Point number three that I have is to ask the staff for advice again when you're able to. So this is typically the point in the deal where many buyers have at least introduced themselves or gotten to know a few of the staff members. And so just pose the same question that you asked the seller to the staff. They might have some ways to bill the patients, um, you know, what they would have paid regardless of your status with the company and maximize the reimbursement to you when possible. Now, remember, the staff are not always as savvy as you might think, and they might not know exactly how these rules work. They might unintentionally mislead you as to, quote unquote, how things go with MetLife or Blue Cross or whoever. And so you need to, you know, buyer beware a little bit, no pun intended, um, in, in terms of the advice, but involve them because these are the people, in theory, especially up at the front desk, that are dealing with the insurance companies on a regular basis. Okay. Uh, Point number four is that your worst case scenario here is a loss of some income, but it's not that bad, okay? Your worst case scenario is that you'll have to bill out of network for a little while while you get, while you finish getting credentialed, all right? Yes, many plans reimburse at a higher rate in network. Um, some, but some pay a higher rate out of network and some pay a little bit less. In the end, just make it invisible or as invisible as possible to the patient. In other words, you're not going to try to pay uh, or charge the patient more money than they would have had to pay if they were in network. Um, is it possible that you collect, you know, um, only 80 bucks instead of 140 on uh, an exam? Yes, it is possible, but at least you're getting the 80 bucks, right? And you didn't lose that longtime patient. So the, the keep the end goal in mind here, and that is that what you're buying in a dental practice are the habits uh, of patients. You're buying the patient base, you're buying them coming to the office, remembering what it, where it is, remembering that they like that hygienist that does a really good job cleaning their teeth. Be flexible with the patients, keep them happy. That will go a long way into sustaining the practice, both in the short term and the long run. Um, so don't forget everybody's nervous about this. Work with the seller when you can. Work with the staff when you can. And your worst case scenario here is you got to bill out a network for a little while. So there is competent help, though, available beyond just me on a podcast. 
there are companies that specialize in this process. They're faster at getting credentialing done. They know how to get you the highest reimbursement rates. They know when to negotiate. If you'd like a referral, you'll hear some of those folks in this season, season six, and you're welcome to reach out to me directly. So that I, you know, if you want to know who I would recommend in your specific area, your state, your city, I'm happy to, uh, to let you know how to take care of that. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please, as just a favor to me, remember this episode is free. And don't forget there were no ads in this episode <laughs> or season or the rest of this podcast. The, the best and most um, grateful thing you can do as a listener is to just forward this podcast to a friend, to a colleague, to someone that you like. And if you didn't like it, then send the episode to someone you don't like. Only kidding. Um, and then if, if that's not something that uh, you're interested in doing, it's always nice to leave a five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate that when that happens. All right, guys, uh, thank you for listening and listen to it. Look forward to uh, helping you out more here in season six.